Well, welcome to the Hard Man Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Eric Kahn, and very excited in this episode to be talking about hormones. What about testosterone for men? What are some things that you can do to start getting your hormone levels in check? How do you deal with it? How do you start to think about it from a Christian and biblical perspective? Brian and I are going to talk about it in this episode. You'll notice this was a conversation that Brian and I had on the meat scapades on our way to visit Quinn Bible and to pick up our meat from Salt and Strings Butchery. By the way, check them out, saltandstrings.com. You can order your meat package today. But it was on the way to Nebraska to pick up meat from these guys that Brian and I had this interesting conversation about hormones. This is a conversation that also aired on Bright Hearth, um, at least portions of it. So check out Bright Hearth, Brian and Lexi Sauvé, doing a lot of great stuff about the home, healthcare, sexuality, all sorts of things for those of you who want to really get into the nitty gritty, get into the practical for how to build a Christian household. Definitely commend that podcast to you. And then finally, if you're not yet a Patreon on the Hardman Podcast, we'll definitely encourage you to check us out at Patreon and you can support the show. You can get a t-shirt, you can get a pint glass if you're a VIP member, and then you also get access to exclusive content. We definitely appreciate the support from everyone. If you are a patron, thank you so much. It takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to make this content, so we're definitely grateful for that. Sit back and enjoy this conversation with Brian Sauvé about hormones, health, and testosterone. We'll jump right in. Brian's asking me a question about, is there a problem in men's health with testosterone and hormone levels? And we'll start with my answer. So is there a problem, first of all, and uh, what, what kind of problem is it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a huge problem. Um, so I do the Hard Men podcast. Obviously, we're talking to uh, uh, predominantly to men, but a lot of ladies follow that show as well. Um, but one of the things I get asked a lot, this is kind of what last year and a half or so, and then pastoral ministry kind of tipped me off to, you're hearing more and more of the conversation around testosterone. Yeah. And really, it's a, it's a conversation about hormones. But you start doing some research, you know, there's anecdotal stuff, a lot of men coming in and saying, hey, you know, I'm having sort of a host of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then you start adding those symptoms up. You do some of the research and you realize that there's a hormonal problem going on. But what the research will tell you is that men today uh, have testosterone levels that are drastically lower than, say, the 1950s, 70s, 80s, et cetera. Hmm. So since about 1980, we've had a 1% decrease in testosterone levels per year. So it's you astonishing. Can, you can imagine, right, in, in you know, 30, 40 years, uh, that's quite a drop. Yeah. And so it really is, it, it causes people to say, okay, there's something going on. And then we see it in our men, right? Yeah. Um, a host of factors. It could be low libido. They've also done scientific studies on things like grip strength. Hmm. Right. Grip strength is drastically down in men. Wow. You know, like 70 year old men had higher T than most men did do today. <laughs> um, so and if they're alive, they'll tell you. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you exactly that. So generally speaking, um, you're, you're seeing sort of an actual, I think, pandemic. Yeah. And then a host of factors, which I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll get into as yeah. well. Yeah. So I, I think you've already circled around the answer to this, but is, is this an issue with you know, okay, here's one thing wrong that's made testosterone drop, or yeah. is it something bigger? Yeah, no, it really is sort of like a perfect hurricane of factors. 
Um, so really what you have is, you know, you can look at the nature of knowledge work, how that's become so dominant in our culture. Uh-huh. Right. So all the knowledge workers are doing what generally they're sitting at desks. They have very sedentary lives. Now you can, you know, especially during COVID, like you stay at home, Uber Eats brings you the food, which is, you know, salty, fatty, sugary food. So, you know, sedentary lifestyle, men being in poor physical shape, health, um, high rates of uh, obesity, yeah, um, which again is tied to health factors. But there's a lot of other things too. Nutrition plays a huge, huge role. Estrogen in the water, right? There's, those yeah. things are definitely happening. Xenoestrogens in the plastic, actual chemical softeners that we're putting against our skin and clothing. Um, so all that mm-hmm. stuff is a, a nutritional part of the equation. But then you also look at some other factors like sleep. Yeah, uh, people are you know astronomical rates of sleeping pills. Um, people are not sleeping on in regular patterns. There's actually a lot of this is tied to uh, smartphone technology use. The amount of time you spend under artificial light versus uh, getting actual sunlight. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of the equation. And then you know things like stress, cortisol levels scientifically are sort of at an all time high. We have a very busy, overloaded lifestyle like we've yeah. never had before. Um, so you're starting to see that. And then finally, you know, a, a huge part of the equation is sex. Yeah. Um, people, studies have shown that people are having less and less sex than ever, um, as long as I guess we've been recording that. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, you know, hypersexualization through pornography, leading to things like impotence and also low T, low testosterone, and then not having sex with a spouse on a regular basis. Also a huge contributing factor to uh, low T. So you could see how that might be a cycle where it's like lowering testosterone from many factors leads to low libido, leads yes. to less sex and marriage, which lowers testosterone. Yep. And you just get in this cycle. Yeah, so absolutely. Some, some of the things that we talked about yesterday that I thought were just really interesting. And, and I, I'm assuming that knowing some of these things will probably help with you know, maybe some of the more practical things we'll talk about later in the episode, but I just found them really interesting. You were talking about some of the ways that the male and the female were designed in marriage through even things like smell to be keying off one another in this hormonal cycle. That was really fascinating to me. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's interesting. Um, a lot of research points to this, but one one person in particular that I've been listening to podcasts lately has been Andrew Huberman. Um, so you can go to Huberman Lab podcast. Um, so he's a researcher, I think, out of San- Stanford. Yeah. Uh, PhD. Um, so not a, not practicing medicine, but doing a lot of research, looking at a lot of studies and a lot of really interesting findings. So in particular, we're talking about uh, female hormonal cycles on a, on a monthly basis. And what they found is that like through smell, the olfactory, through smell, men are actually picking up on a female hormonal cycle. So, mm. for example, they found that when, when a woman is ovulating, this is actually through smell triggering the hormonal response in a man. So that when a woman is ovulating, the man is going to be more turned on as well. Obviously, you can see how this would be a hardwired response uh, for the purpose of procreation. Like, yeah, God knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, so that's really fascinating. But then the other thing, too, is you think about um, Huberman talks about women who become pregnant. Well, when a woman becomes pregnant, her hormones in her body obviously change different levels of estrogen, yeah. testosterone, progesterone, right? The body so, is doing different things. Yeah, the body is doing totally different, different things. That also triggers an olfactory response in a male hormone. So they found that the, the male hormone is released 
where a man actually starts storing fat at a much higher rate. Interesting. So, you know, we talk about the, uh, the sympathy weight yeah. uh, that is gained, but there's actually a hormonal scientific reality to that. Yeah. And, and he even said, the guy asked me, he said, well, why do you think that is? And he said, well, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, a male body is just hardwired. It knows, like, I'm not going to get as much sleep. I'm going to need more fat stores to get through sleepless nights, yeah. uh, being tired, et cetera, having to work harder, whatever it is. And the body's automatically responding to that. Interesting. Man, that is so fascinating. Just the way that all the way back in Genesis 1, where God says in the, he, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. And how we, we tend to think of our, our bodies as in a Gnostic way where they're kind of like meat puppets that our souls walk around in. And they're really not, you know, we don't think of them as super important. Uh, we think that we can dominate them through chemical management and like, well, if I have a cycle, I want to get rid of my cycle. If mm -hmm. I don't want to get pregnant, I can just get rid of it. I can turn that off with a chemical switch and have no other consequences. It's like, actually, no, you've just, you've just disrupted some of the hormonal uh, basis of the entire male female relationship. Yeah, it's really huge. And so a, a big question in the hormonal, you know, you start looking into hormones, especially on the women's side is the pill. Yeah. Um, but what we don't understand, like we understand that the pill, if you do the research, the pill is really screwing with a woman's hormones. Yeah. And what, but what we don't often tie to that is that that then affects the man. Yeah. It affects the, the men in her life as well. So, a really interesting study on this, it's, it's pretty in-depth. It probably won't be for every reader, but you can find some summaries of it online. But if you look at Pope John Paul II's book, he has a book on the theology of the body. Hmm. And when you look at this, it's really interesting because his understanding of Genesis 1, man, in the image of God, man and woman, he created them. He said, yeah, we need to talk about physical bodies, but you really cannot talk about men without talking about women. Yeah. And you can't talk about women without talking about men. And I think it would just be really helpful for us to understand that when I want to help a guy get his hormones in order, yeah, then that's going to help a woman and vice yeah. versa. So we're really tied to each other in this one flesh way, which of course is what God said, but really helpful way to think about this, this issue. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. We, I think one of the modern tendencies that you see is in a modernist approach to thinking is like wanting to take everything apart to yeah. its constituent parts understand them in isolation. And, and some of our failures then tend to be failures of understanding things holistically within their systems. Yeah. And so we think we've got, you know, the, the modern medical industry is a prime example. We've got a problem. Okay. It has these symptoms. Let's do tests until we find a chemical that will alter or ameliorate those symptoms. Okay. Let's test it. Did anybody die in the six month period that we gave them this? No, therefore it's safe without asking how, how does that suppression work of that symptom and what else is it going to change in this whole host of interactions of these embodied encultured uh, realities as God intended them? Christendom Bible College offers a one-year certificate in the humanities for students who intend to pursue a degree or for students who prefer to begin their chosen occupations upon completion of our program. Older students who never attended college or who went to a college where the humanities were less robust will also find our program stimulating and suitable. Located steps from the Ohio River in the town of New Richmond, we're unaccredited in order to remain free to teach as our biblically-minded consciences demand. 
As servants of Christ, we won't wear the yoke of the woke. Instead, we stand on the shoulders of Christianity's giants, not to stew in nostalgia, but to see through the culture wars fog to the glorious days of a Christendom still to be built. Our exceptional faculty are committed to the historic, biblical foundations of our faith. Come be a part of Christendom Bible College. Visit us on the web at christendombiblecollege.org to learn more. While there, be sure to sign up for our email updates and receive your free three-chapter excerpt of our very own Dr. Frank J. Smith's new book, Race, Church, and Society. Yeah, that, that tends to be the problem when you don't view things as a just cohesive whole, mm. like all these systems and organs, like that's what a human body is, a system yeah. of organs and all these things working together. What you fail to also understand is that when you, when you really mess with something like female hormones that are central, mm. you're messing with all, all that system. But then now, yeah, you're messing with men as well. Yeah. So you think about simple issues like, you know, being on the pill and how that really can cause female hormones to go crazy. Yeah. That's going to then impact the, the man. It's going to yeah. impact the children, all yeah. sorts of different, different familial household and then community issues are tied to that. Yeah. The, the other thing that's interesting, Brian, uh, is I was doing a lot of research and have been for a couple of years now on this issue. You start to look at things like, okay, the pill, well, they start doing research and studies and they find that there are, you know, studies are going to vary here. And, and a lot of this is because who's paying for the study. Yeah. Sure. But, there are there are substantial percentages of estrogen in our drinking water. Interesting. Now, I first read this and I thought this is crazy. This yeah, is, this is crazy. How how do you get a birth control pill that's in our water supply? Like that that doesn't make sense to me. So, but there's been a lot of research, including in Scandinavia. So it's not just America. Yeah. And what they found is that uh, females who are on the pill, particularly estriatal if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. So you have, and then you have these synthetic estrogens basically that are showing up in the water. And we know that it's from, from the pill. Well, those basically leach from waste treatment plants. You know, that's, you know, a woman is urinating in the toilet, whatever, and that's getting in the water supply. But also for years, we were told by people like the CDC that you should be flushing prescription drugs down the toilet. Oh, I didn't even connect that. Yes. And so now you know that that's actually changed. They say, please don't actually don't do, do that. that. That's actually horrible. Well, so wow. you have not only the pill, but you have trace elements of antidepressants. All the stuff's in our water. And I was saying this the other day on Twitter. I said, you know, it's interesting. It's like when Moses, he, they make the golden calf. And what does Moses do? He grinds it up and he puts it in their water. And he says, you're going to drink your Makes idolatry drink and your judgment. Yep. And so you look at this and it's like America drinking our judgment. Yeah. And so, yeah, wow. this stuff is showing up. It leaches into the water system. Some people say, oh, it's only, you know, 1% or less. Well, that's actually a lot. And yeah, that can actually, huge. again, the Scandinavian studies have shown that, like, Alex Jones wasn't wrong. This is actually making, you know, fish and frogs. It's actually, it is actually messing with their sexual. Yeah, their fertility. Their fertility, all that yeah. stuff. And, and that's now starting to get it. It's it's slowly leaking into the mainstream, the, the right. release of the information that, yes, we're actually looking at aquatic ecosystems that are so closely tied to the water that carries a lot of these chemicals. And, oh, yeah, all of a sudden animals are showing up with micro penises and fertility rates. Yeah, it's crazy. Insane. The other thing to note here is, you know, Adam's name means from the dirt, from the land. Yeah. You can't mess with Adam without having repercussions 
in the earth, right? And so when you're when you're messing with something like a, central to a woman's health, which is her hormones, it's going to affect Adam. It's going to affect the earth. Yep. And I think you see that in that the water estrogen. Issue. Wow, that's that's a that's an interesting, fascinating connection. It's so true. The man was made to be the pinnacle and the orderer, the one who brought culture out of chaos and, and order out of chaos and uh, cultivate. And then if you disrupt him, it will have downstream effects in the entire land that he's managing and that he's called to manage. And so instead of ruling it in God's name, he'll go out and he'll, he'll actually bring corruption and devastation into the ecosystem. Yeah. And I think one of the other issues is in the 20th century, especially with modern medicine, we've tended to view like chemicals, you know, chemistry, like a better way to living, you know, like yeah. chemicals can, can do anything and science can do anything. Yeah. It's alchemy. And sometimes that, you know, sometimes obviously medicine can be helpful. I'm not, absolutely not denying that at all. But one of the issues we see is that oftentimes people use chemicals and science to try to play God. Right. So, you know, very central to man's mission and the missio day and dominion work on earth is be fruitful. Yeah. And so when you're using a chemical to say, well, we can get around the main command of scripture for man and woman. Mm. We can get around that through chemicals. We think we're outsmarting God, but we aren't. And it's, it's causing curse-like and curse effects in human yeah. flesh. Yes. Yeah. When man goes out and he appoints himself God, instead of obeying God, then obviously instead of bringing life like God brings, he becomes an, a, a, a worker of death. Yeah. So we've got this, this issue that has multifaceted um, causes upstream. It's related to um, lots of different systems that are outside of the average individual person's control. So the question becomes, what are some things that we can actually do to cultivate our own awareness about this issue and to fight back and maybe even uh, reclaim some, some more normativity in our testosterone and in hormonal issues. Yeah. It's a great question. And this is not medical advice. Uh, just, just so our lawyers. Are, <laughs> That's are <fine>. right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, just very simply, I think we start by looking at humanity holistically, look at men holistically. Yeah. Um, just as we would with women. And I think what we have to do is we just say, okay, as, as whole persons, how do we deal with this issue? And I think part of this is in the past, it tends to be even when we're, we're like ragging on men, you know, and Father's Day sermons, we're ragging on men and we're saying, you need to man up. Yeah. Well, if we're asking them to do that, we need to show them how. And we also need to know the environmental factors and biologically what's actually going on. Right. Like God made men to have certain physiological yeah. realities and those are actually being attacked. So, yeah, <laughs> man up. Here's how. Yeah, that's exactly right. So a couple of things. Number one, on the physical side. Generally, you'll find this advice. Look, you can go get tested, have a, a hormone panel done, and that will kind of give you a baseline to understand where you are. Yeah, where, do you, where are you starting from? Do you, and, and I think you said that right now the average male around 30 years old might be testing 600 to 800. Yeah, and what, in they're, testosterone yeah, what they're saying is like six to 800 is like healthy. Yeah. And what they keep doing is changing the scale. It's sort of like as people get bigger and bigger in the U.S., like yeah. obesity-wise, we just keep you know, a large is now what used to be like an XXL. Right, exactly. So we're kind of, it's a sliding scale to make us feel better about ourselves. But yeah. Realistically, six to 800, that, you know, that would have been pretty low. It's low T 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Ideal range, most people are going to say is, you know, 1100, uh, somewhere in that camp. Wow. Now, people who are really, really struggling, like it would be like 200 and lower. Yeah, that's where they'll actually begin. The insurance will cover you getting. Yeah. 
and TRT. Th- this becomes an issue too. And, 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 you know, everybody has to have their own conviction and, and, you know, decision to be made here. I tend to be more naturalistic. Yeah. Um, I want to look for all the natural environmental things that I can change first. Right. Before I go on hormone replacement, TRT. So the problem is, you know, it's, it's, it actually causes infertility. Yeah. It shuts down your testes ability to reproduce testosterone themselves. Um, yes. And so I'm looking at that. I'm like, you know, and, and probably not. A lot of the guys who are doing the research and including Huberman, you know, not a Christian guy, a lot of great research, but keep this in mind. Like they don't want kids. They're in the bodybuilding camp. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of the crowd so they that's go, playing around with TRT. Yeah. I can get testosterone replacement therapy and oh, it'll make me infertile. Oh, great. I don't want to be fertile. I don't want children. Yeah. So Christian's obviously going to look at that and go, I'm willing to try many things before I will just synthetically replace all the hormone in my body, the testosterone, and then end up with my body not knowing how to do it at all. Yeah. And here's the other thing is you're going to pay about $250 a month wow. for the testosterone for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, going off the testosterone, from what I understand, is a pretty rough crash, you know, aching bones, all that sort of thing. Oof. And it's interesting to point out, too, I would say Huberman points this out. It's a really good point. What is testosterone? It is the hormone that makes hard work and hard things enjoyable. Interesting. So you think about like what would motivate these young kids to go to the gym and do all this, you know, weightlifting yeah, and play football and go through hard things. And when you're young, it's like, yeah, you have a quick recovery time. Yep. Um, all that, that that's because of testosterone. So it's really a hormone, like the masculinity hormone, if yeah. you will, is testosterone. That's interesting because you do remember, I mean, when you first, when you're going through puberty as a young man and all of a sudden you just have this like awakened desire and you, you, you almost enjoy a certain kind of suffering. Yeah. You're like, you crave it. Why? Like, why is that? Well, one of the answers physiologically in God's design is testosterone. Yeah. And then estrogen is the, the opposite. If correct me if I'm wrong, softening. Yeah. And I, a helpful thing to point out here, right. You can read the research on this, but testosterone and estrogen, like men and women have both. Right. And really what you're aiming for is, is balance between them. Yeah. Now they're going to be obviously different in men and women, but so we think about women are softer, you know, the, the nurturing side, there's actually a hormonal, like God hardwired that into your hormones. Right. And so, yeah, the, the hormones are actually, you know, causing that. They're a part of that uh, genetic makeup. Yeah. So when we're, when we're talking about some things that, that men can do. Yeah. And ladies, as you're in, you know, thinking through this with your husbands or with your sons, what are, what are some lifestyle things? What are some things that you can try first? Let's say you get a panel and you're like, well, I'm at, I'm at four or 500. And I'm not like catastrophically low, but that's, wow, I'd like to get to 1100 up. What are some things that, that we can be doing? Yeah, absolutely. So a, a, a big first would be nutrition. Yeah. Um, so a lot of research out there, some, uh, some people on Joe Rogan have been on there as well. Um, some, I think pretty some trustworthy people, uh, xenoestrogens, plastic. Um, so they're saying like, Hey, we need to, let's try to stop storing all of our food in plastics that causes problems, especially don't microwave your food in plastics. Yeah. Um, this one's going to hurt us, Brian, but they say, you know, even sous vide, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about, I don't do it that often. Yeah. I don't either. It's it's pretty rare. So I'm not as concerned about it, but you know, thinking through stuff like that, Yeah, you can have some storage containers that are glass. I know there's some metal out there as well. Again, water bottles, stuff like that. Yep. Again, these are things like five years ago, I'd have been like, I don't know, that's hokey. But 
it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those issues where it's like, I think there's enough body of research that you can look at where it's like, no, this is pretty credible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big part of it. I think animal fats, Huberman points a lot to animal fats and animal uh, proteins, amino acids from the meat. Yeah. Um, it's a huge one that is going to fuel testosterone. Uh, it's interesting, you know, he, he gets in trouble all the time for stepping on the vegan toes, but sure. he, he even says it's it's a form of nutritional castration. Wow. So if you want to see your tea plummet, that's a really good way to do it. Just get on a vegan diet. Yeah. So in a lot of this research too, uh, not just Huberman, but coming out of the paleo camp, of course. Um, so there's a lot of be- attention being paid to it. And, and I think they have a lot of, they're right on a lot of these issues. Yeah. So that's a big one. I think a lot of... Uh, you know, staying away from processed grains is generally going to be one of the things that is on the list. Yeah, these newer, more modern hybridized grains instead of yeah, more ancient grains. Um, you see this a lot on Twitter too, in like the Manosphere camp. But the uh, seed oils um, don't it, touch receipts, man. It actually looks like there, there's some truth to that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think if you you know olive oils, but better yet, animal fats, butter. Yeah. Ironically, the stuff in the 80s that they said, oh, no, that's going to kill you. You're going to have a heart attack. Uh, actually, no. Actually, no, that's <laughs> the stuff. Our advice will kill you. Yeah. It's funny that this is a through line on a lot of our episodes at Bridehearth. But that you, I, one thing I want people to have is just a skepticism yeah. when someone's like, hey, we came up with this radically new th- way of changing your entire lifestyle diet or whatever that no one's ever done in the history of humanity. Like plastics, for example. Plastic margarine. It shouldn't sound crazy to us that that might actually harm us when you're like, how long in the history of man have people like in a had plastic or wrapped their like not that long? Yeah, that's exactly right. Or seed oils. That's right. Um, We mentioned earlier too the water. Yeah. Um, So there's actually some practical things you can do. There's a a couple different brands of filters, kind of the Berkey style filter. Um, You can look at their website. Some research that's been published on them. Uh, usually they're going to recommend, I think the charcoal side plus the fluoride. Yeah. That's like the, we, we have that at home and then we have a Berkey with the charcoal at, at the church and school as well. That's right. Yeah. And so those are actually, I think a pretty proven way to help with the uh, estrogen in the water issue. Yeah. Um, it's also just good preparedness because you can take water in an emergency and, and purify it make it safe to drink for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a lot more that could be said about nutrition. So I guess I'll move on to some other yeah, categories. Sure. Uh, sleep is a big one. Um, so one of the things that's, you know, if you're, you're overweight, you're obese and you have sleep apnea, this is also going to, you know, of course those are pretty chronic now. Yeah. And that's going to lower testosterone. Why? Because testosterone is produced in the testes during REM sleep. Hmm. Um, and so that's a very natural part of what's going on in a man's body. If you're not sleeping well, then you need to, uh, you're going to see a, a drop usually in T. So that's something yeah. too to think about with, you know, guys who are, you know, you got young kids and it's seasonal. Uh, just be cognizant of ways to try and get rest if possible. You know, if you're, if you're low sleep, that's not the time to like push yourself into overdrive and overload. Yeah. The body needs rest and you need to, you need to work with the grain there. Wake up, get sunlight. Yep. Yeah. Studies have shown. Yeah. You, th- unpack that a little bit. Even that was interesting. Yeah. I, I learned that from you as well. Yeah. Really huge. So that's a Huberman. And he's had some guests on to talk about that. But they found that generally, if you can wake up in the morning, uh, no sunglasses, if you wake up in the morning and you can immediately expose yourself to like 15 minutes of sunlight on your skin and through your eyes, research has shown that roughly 16 hours later, your body's ready to crash and go to bed. Mm. So a lot of this stuff, too, is it's very liturgical. So meaning like if you did that one day and you're like, well, I didn't see a difference. (laughs) Right. This is stuff that you need to build 
healthy habits into your life where you're getting direct sunlight. Yeah. Um, and that's going to, again, help with the, we were talking about it offline, but right. Even the rut cycle for animals is based on the photosynthetic period with their eyeballs. Yeah. So this is where Huberman is talking about this. Even for humans, that matters. Get direct sunlight as much as you can get out of the office, get out from under the artificial light. That's going to help with, with sleep as well. Yeah. The other one related sometimes to sleep, I guess, same, same location is going to be sex. Right. So for obviously for married people, for the health of hormones, that's going to be a regular part of healthy hormones for both of you actually is to have regular sex. So one of the interesting things that uh, Huberman points to is that what you tend to see is if there's regular, so he's talking like one to two day periods. If there's in that time period, if there's regular sex, that your testosterone overall is going to climb pretty drastically. Yeah. And then he said, he said, you know, it's really interesting if that's the norm. And then you have like this, I don't know. It's like a, he, this is him not knowing, right? I don't know. It's like a five day window. If you have this window where you drop off all of a sudden, you stop having sex. Yeah. Testosterone just absolutely spikes. Yeah. And then it'll come back to normal as sex resumes. When you think about, uh, you know, a woman's normal cycle, that's actually a pretty normal thing then to yes. understand like, okay, God's actually hardwired this into the system. Yep. Like regular sex, break, and then coming back. so off. Yeah. And then you're going to come back and then both are going to be recharged hormonally. Yeah. And that's really going to help uh, a man's hormonal health. So, so people sometimes think of men as like, Men are getting this straight shot of testosterone every day of the year. It's the same. And women are like, yep. you know, big roller coaster. Well, I mean, not quite. What's what seems like God's design is for the, the man and the woman together to be on this synced kind of wavelength yep. where they're going through the rhythm and the liturgy of a day and a week and a month and a year and even the whole fertility cycle until she hits menopause. And then there are changes that God has hardwired into our physiology that go along with the different stages and needs in life that he's designed us, the different duties he's given us in these stages. So it's interesting that a lot of the, a lot of the, the solutions that we talk about are like the, it's funny, the, the, the liberals hijack it or the pagans hijack it as like, Oh, it's returned to our evolutionary norms. No, it's actually just returning to your normative creational duties. Yeah. That's that right. God has given you. It's not because your your ancestors in your evolutionary prehistory, you know, happen to evolve this way. It's because God made you to have certain duties during different times. And then he, he fit you for those tasks. One of the key things that we've advocated on the Hard Men podcast is being men who are sages, men whose minds are sharp, and especially men who know where they are in the historical current of the Reformed faith. One of the best ways that you can grow in this capacity to know your history and to think like the great men of old is to read great works. And one of those is the works of William Perkins. It is a 10 volume set from Reformation Heritage Books. We'll include links for that in the show notes. But the works of William Perkins fills a major gap in Reformed and Puritan theology. Though Perkins is best known today for his writings on predestination, he also wrote prolifically on many subjects and his works filled over 2,000 large pages of small print in three folio volumes and have been reprinted several times in the decades since his death. So you can definitely check this out at heritagebooks.org. Really fantastic work. You can get the whole set for $280 and free shipping 
Again, heritagebooks.org. You can also check out individual copies, build your collection one by one. Check out this valuable resource from Reformation Heritage Books. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and one of the other key categories uh, to mention on that point is the physical. Um, So men taking care of your bodies. You know, we mentioned like low grip strength. The other one that's usually in the studies is chest size. Uh So chest size in men has shrunk drastically. Yeah. And we're not talking about like man boobs. We're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Pectoral muscles. I mean, even think about if you, you know, this is dating myself, obviously. uh, But going to places like when I was a teenager, like Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle. You go in there and you're like, who are these men? (laughs) <laughs> like pencil arms, pencil chest, yeah. you know, sizes don't fit normal guys, et cetera. So I, I think one of the things for men is generally to, to be very general on this, you know, lift heavy things, move heavy things, move your body. Yeah. So you have some sort of endurance, some sort of cardio, you know, get the heart pumping. Those yeah. would be like the general rules. And typically what a lot of the research will find is, look, a healthy thing in our culture is going to be weightlifting. Yeah. Um, so if you can even focus on like a Marco Ripito, like the basics of lifting, where you're doing some core lifts, some bench press, some uh, squats, some deadlift, get that in there somewhere. Yep. Really fascinating on this one. Yeah. So Huberman did a, a big project on this, but he said, listen, one of the things that they found just causes a massive dump of testosterone in your body is lower body lifting. And, and why is that? Well, what they were looking at was German volume training. So six sets of 10 on, so and it, it really works with two lifts, squat and deadlift. He was saying that testosterone plummets if you do high, vol- high rep of those. Well, what he's saying is he said testosterone is going to peak oh, okay. if you do six of 10 on squat and deadlift. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, and, and they, they've got the research on this to back it up, but it's, he said, he said, well, I guess the Germans actually knew what they were doing. Yeah. You think about it, you're using your lower body. It's engaging butt muscles and the hip muscles in and yeah. around your, your testy region. And that's actually causing these massive spikes these, yeah. in testosterone. So skipping leg day, actually horrible. He's super gay. Yeah. Don't be the guy at the curl rack uh, yeah. only. Every day should be leg day. Do leg Let's day. Be honest. Do a lot of leg lifting. Yeah. The, and those are, if you think about what deadlifts and squats are building, deadlift is a, an exercise that's going to actually work most of your body. That's your the core is engaged, yeah. your grip strength. When you're doing a deadlift, ladies, you might not deadlift. You might not know what we're talking about. The bar is on the ground and you hunch over the bar a little bit. You try to keep your back straight. You grab onto it. And your goal is just to stand up straight and lift it basically your waist with your arms down straight in front of you. You don't lift it over your head or anything. It's the weight where you can, the, the workout you can, or the lift, you can pretty much lift the, the biggest amount of weight doing because it, it's basically like lifting something heavy off the ground, lifting a tree that's, you know, fallen. It's that kind of exercise. And it does engage pretty much every aspect of your, of your physiology. All of your bones are engaged. All of your big muscle groups are engaged. And uh, so it's, it's like a lot of guys, I think they have more of a, a peacocking kind of masturbatory view of weightlifting where they're like, how can I get my arms chiseled and how can I get my, you know, even just my abs chiseled and how can I look really good with my shirt off and oil myself up and get on testosterone, you know, synthetic testosterone. And instead you should be looking at something like weightlifting as how can I be strengthened? Why should I spend time doing this? Cause it takes time, effort, money. Well, you should, because it will help you fulfill your duties over the long haul. 
to be what God made you to be. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think to go back to Genesis 2.15, when you're thinking about what is man made for, he's made to work and to keep. So you got to be a warrior. You got to protect. Yeah. But you also got to work. Yeah. And so what I would also tell guys is if you can, you know, trying to get into some of the, you know, whether it's jujitsu or personal using your body for a defensive reason. Mm. Right. So you're you're actually engaging in some of the warrior stuff. I think that can be really helpful. Um, but the other one is work. You, you need to not just be a weightlifter, I think. Yeah. Because what is that strength for? It's like you said, it's you it's to be for work and protection. So I think engaging in things like maybe it's a hard day gardening. Yep. You know, I saw pictures of Brian the other day out in the uh, you guys were doing some uh, oh some garden beds. Still right? feeling it. Still feeling it. Still, still feeling the movement of that big pile of dirt. That's good for man. And I always I always could recognize this. I go out with my buddy in Wyoming and he's cattle ranching and I've, I've been lifting and he hasn't. Yeah. And like, he's like five times as strong as I am. <laughs> there's like, there's a real thing to like ranch strong. Yeah. Day in, day out. Because these guys are actually using their muscles for real work. So I think that's strength. an encouragement. Generally that real work is going to be outside, get yeah. some sunlight, all great for you. Yeah. So a lot of these you're going to notice are they're related to just returning to doing the things that would help you fulfill the duties God has given you. And you'll notice that, oh, wow, lo and behold, all of the practices that moved us away from doing the, the duties that God gave us, sedentary lifestyles, um, laziness, uh, you know, a lot of these things have actually harmed our physiology, our physiological maleness and femaleness. So, um, well, I think that's probably enough for this for this episode here, enough to chew on. Uh, any, any last words, Eric, do you want to give the people? No, yeah, I think that's some great content. And Brian, I would just say the last one to, to be you know, really concerned about is, is stress and spirituality. Oh yeah. Those, those two. Yeah. Very good. So a lot of the stuff pointed out in the studies is, you know, stuff like, you know, making sure that your relationship with God is first and foremost in your life. Yeah. You're attending worship regularly. So these are even pagans who are doing research on this. They're like people who attend worship on a weekly basis and are committed to their local body tend to have higher levels of testosterone. Go figure. I could have told you that, you know, and then the, I look around at the men and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. these are high T men. <laughs> you see the men in our church and yeah, all high T. Yeah. So I think that's a, 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 you know, keeping the priority of the commandments. Yes. Right. God first and foremost. And ultimately, you know, I had a friend say this to me, look, he said there may be low T and there's lots of reasons for it. But he said, ultimately, Eric, he said, this is a curse and judgment on our people. That's such a good point. So, so it key. starts with obedience to the Lord. Yeah, that's so, so key. We we were just talking about this, something my wife and I talk about a lot. You've heard us say on the show, if you've listened, that, hey, we get really anxious about health issues. And, and I think the ladies can tend to fall into this ditch pretty easily to start doing study on what our family's eating and our lifestyles and worrying about thing, BPA and worrying about plastics. And and they can start to get really anxious because you realize it's really, it takes a lot of effort and work and it's and still. You're like, well, shoot, they're still going to get this stuff in them. It's, it, we're still involved in this system. So they get really anxious. And one thing I tell Lexi all the time is, well, remember what God has said about how to live a long and healthy life. Honor your father and mother that, you know, the first commandment with the promise that you may live long in the land. They may go well with you. So, so just to Eric's point, before you freak out even about all of the things that are some of them in your control, some of them out of your control. Before you start to become a really grumpy person who's griping on your husband every time he eats at McDonald's or, you know, griping on your kids every time they, you know, at a, at a friend's house, drink a Capri Sun out of a plastic container and becoming the mom that's like, 
just a tyrant who's actually dishonoring all of her duties and disobeying the Lord and being a really grumpy person about it. You need to pray, love your people, love the Lord, honor your parents. Some of these issues, it's so funny that God says that about honoring our parents because a lot of the time our temptation is to go upstream to the baby boomer greatest generation and, and start fussing at them. But like, why did you feed me TV dinners? You know, oh, you guys, you know, you just set up the world in unhealthy ways. You're like, okay, sure, whatever. But the answer isn't to start sinning at them. A lot of this, they didn't know what was happening. You know, yeah. We don't, we know this now having seen some of the effects, but if, before you get anxious, worship the Lord, love your people, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. And then yes, take responsibility. Ladies in the home, men, do your, do your duty before God. And, um, you know, the Lord loves to bless his people. He loves to bless his people, even in the midst of judgment. So praise God for his grace. Amen. And thanks again for listening to this episode of the Hard Men Podcast. Thanks, Brian Sauvey, for joining me in this conversation. And as Brian mentioned in the show, of course, this is not medical advice. So be sure to consult your doctor, blah, blah, blah. Don't sue us, uh, but do your research. Be a responsible human being. And that's part of being a masculine hard man. So uh, definitely appreciate again, Brian. Check out Bright Hearth with Brian and Alexi if you have not done that already. Wonderful podcast. They're doing some really good work. You can support that work. You can listen to it as well. By the way, you can support this show at Patreon. And that goes a long way to supporting the work that we're doing. If you haven't had a chance yet, go over to iTunes. Definitely helps us out. Leave a five-star review. Leave some comments to fight against the feminazis. We always appreciate that. And really, I love to see uh, the positive reviews from people about how the show is impacting, changing lives. Definitely encouraged by that. Continue to pray that God would be reawakening and rebuilding virtuous households in America, godly men and godly women as well. Shout out to all the godly women, by the way. Right, This is not just a podcast for men, though it is predominantly aimed at them in some ways. Found that a lot of the people who love to listen to the show are you ladies, so thank you very much for listening. Keep spreading the word, and slowly, like Levin, we will transform society, and we will usher in Christendom 2.0. Until next time, men, stay frosty, fight the good fight, act like men. <laughs>